it is exactly three years ago that GDPR came into effect and we celebrate GDPR at three with a very special episode with a special guest who's a practicing DPO as well as a member of Data Protection Authority. So let's get started and remember that this is not a legal opinion and the thoughts opinions and ideas shared in this podcast are personal opinions if you need legal advice please do contact a professional with your scenario so today gdpr completes three years well for most people gdpr completes three years but for our guests it's many many more years we have someone who started as a self-employed in 2012 as a trainer and as consultant and just after the publication of first GDPR text. So yes, the GDPR text was published in 2012 and he set up his training company, the training company known as the Data Protection Institute. And he started to certify DPOs and train them in those days. And in all these years, Peter has explored role of DPO mostly in healthcare. And he also started his consulting company named as Whitewire, which offered data protection services to hospitals and other care centers. Right now, Whitewire is part of Cranium, and I'm talking about Peter, Peter Bergman. And in Dutch, we say Peter Bergman. He's the CEO of the Data Protection Institute, a consultant, a DPO, a coach with strong focus on data protection in healthcare. And what is also relevant here is that he's a member of Flemish Data Protection Authority. So Flanders is a state in Belgium and there he's the member of Data Protection Authority called the Vlaams Tuzikth Commissie. So welcome, Peter. Very happy to have you. Thank you very much for the introduction. I'm happy to be here. Pleasure. So let me start. We all have an opinion that GDPR is converting or turning three today. But for somebody like you, who's started working on GDPR in 2012, giving certification and so on, and also who's a member of the Flemish Data Protection Authority, how do you see GDPR, should I say at three or at 12 or 10 or nine, but how do you see the evolution of GDPR along all these years? First of all, uh, as uh, as you explained, we're uh, I'm living in Belgium, and in Belgium uh, we already had a, a role. Uh, you have some other countries too, where the role of uh, a data protection officer it was not called that way. Uh, it was a uh, uh, security uh, information security uh, advisor actually. Um, uh, this role was uh, already uh, uh, existing and uh, like local governments and um, healthcare organizations already had some people um, that were doing the, the job that we know now as the job of a, a data protection officer. Uh, when we started uh, in uh, 2012, 2013 with uh, the GDPR trainings, we saw a lot of people with a more uh, technical background uh, who already did uh, the job of an uh, information security advisor and they are enrolled for these courses. Uh, So it was more a focus on the technical elements. Uh, Actually at that time, uh, not a lot of uh, knowledge was already there uh, uh, 
regarding to doing an uh, impact assessment or uh, all those things uh, we didn't know exactly. We, we had some uh, literature um, where it was explained, but uh, we don't uh, have a lot of practical uh, experiences. So this was really a challenge in those days. If we look at uh, today, we uh, we try to understand. We know a little bit more than uh, than in those early years about all these concepts. So I think this is the the major difference uh, between 2012 and uh, and now. That's very interesting. And we often ask in this uh, podcast, how would you put GDPR in one word? Or if I may say, when you think of GDPR, what's the one word that comes to mind? That's a, a very challenging uh, question, I think, uh, Punit. And I think that uh, when you ask it uh, to all the, the experts, uh, they will tell uh, like, oh, what, for me, compliance might be important or it is all about accountability uh, or bottom line, it uh, all has to do with uh, the data subject. Um, I think these are uh, very uh, good answers on your question, but for me, it's, um, it's immaturity. And that's not very positive, but that I mean it in a positive way. I think we need to understand that today uh, GDPR and the way that we look at GDPR is still uh, immature if you compare it to, to other um, uh, elements like uh, compared to information security. Um, I think we are today uh, really at uh, the information security and the cybersecurity status of 2000. Uh, meaning that uh, we know it's important. We try to use, uh, to raise awareness. Uh, we try to understand and we try to uh, apply all the uh, elements that we need to apply. But um, we are uh, still uh, asking ourselves, how do I have to do it? And not why, and not um, going to the, to the, the, the real spots where GDPR and uh, uh, data protection is important. So I think uh, um, I give you, for example, uh, the, the discussion on MailChimp and the question, can we use MailChimp, yes or no? I think it's a very important uh, question and you, you really need to look at it when you start using MailChimp, you really have some compliance issues that you have to handle. But if I look to a hospital, for example, I, I, I think that there we, we, we have uh, other questions uh, that we have to manage. Um, can someone look into this data and what will be the, uh, the impact on, uh, on the data subject? I think that these are other dimensions and we really need to focus when you talk about data protection on, 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 on the real risks for the data subject. And uh, sometimes uh, people lose a little bit uh, their focus and uh, they go to um, the, the more uh, the other risks. And I'm, I'm not telling that using MailChimp in, uh, in the wrong way and not uh, looking, uh, not, not try to look at the compliance issues that there might be, that you don't have to, to worry about, you, you really need to do so. But is it, is it really that important? Uh, it, do we really have that much uh, of attention as a DPO? Uh, is that our main focus or uh, will we choose another battle? That's uh, uh, my word will be uh, immature for you. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think uh, immature means actually that it can grow, uh, means that we can work on it. And I think that's a positive way to, uh, to look at it. Uh, you can say, okay, it's immature. So um, yeah, that, that, 
that's a bad thing, but for me, that's not a bad thing. That's a really challenging thing. And uh, I, I, there uh, I, I get some energy from, uh, from knowing that it's immature and that we can build on it. Indeed. And I think even when we say immature, that means some things have been done and a lot of things need to be done. So it's in a positive context. And keeping that in the positive context, so last three years or last five years or whatever we want, way we want to look at it, what challenges have already been addressed in the last period since GDPR has been there? Because there has been a lot of positive effect. There have been a lot of positives. So let's start with, in your view, what challenges have already been addressed by GDPR? Yeah. I think uh, when I look at my job at a, at a hospital, and uh, so now we call it DPO, and before it had, a, 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 it had another name, but let's call it the DPO before uh, 2018 and, and after that. Uh, I think uh, I get some attention. I get some attention uh, from uh, the people working around me and from uh, the CEO and the board of directors. They really look at me and, and they try to, to seek some uh, advisories and uh, they know that I am there. Uh, and I think that's important. Um, and before uh, 2018, it was sometimes very difficult to, to tell them, yeah, you have to really care about this kind of processing. Uh, you really need to look at this or that, take some uh, more security measures uh, to, to cope with uh, some risks. So uh, for me, in, in, in my day, uh, daily um, uh, business of doing uh, and being a DPO, uh, this is uh, really what changed and uh, that it's GDPR that uh, achieved this. Uh, this is because of the accountability. This has to do with, uh, with fines, but also uh, working in a, a hospital uh, and the people that are working in a hospital, uh, they really want to work in an ethical way. For them, uh, being unethical is the, the is, 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 is very bad to do. So they, they really have the, uh, the, the level of, um, of their uh, yeah, of, of, of ethics is, is very high there. Yep. And uh, the, the, the fact that they know now that um, uh, processing data in a, in a way that it's not uh, in line with the GDPR, that it's even in, uh, unethical to do so, um, that, is, uh, that is changed. Um, when we have breaches at hospitals, and yes, we do, um, and um, I see them, I, I'm not saying that I'm seeing uh, incidents on a daily basis, but very often uh, I see uh, incidents with uh, um, uh, sensitive data of patients. Um, and I, when I tell to the, talk to the board of directors and I tell them we really have to, um, uh, to go to the data protection authority and tell them uh, we have to notify, uh, then they say, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. We need to do it. Uh, it's, it's our obligation. We will do it. If you, if you ask them before 2018, uh, will you uh, go to, the, to what we call in Belgium the, the privacy committee? the data protection authority uh, in these days and uh, they will say no no we don't do that uh, that's uh, that's something that we can uh, just not talk about it it's okay so that the, there is really a change in culture a, a change in tension uh, i really feel this in my day-to-day uh, -day, um, tasks so that means there's a lot of acceptance of the fact that this is there this is something of an obligation and we must fulfill it yeah yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so this this accountability principle and the fact that there is a, a data protection authority that looks after it, 
uh, the fact that our fines, I think in Belgium, we don't have a lot of big fines. Uh, we have a lot of fines, but not, not very big. But uh, that will come also. And, uh, and uh, when we talk about, for example, the Netherlands of Portugal and other European countries where they have data breaches, uh, even in hospitals and uh, they, where the fines are very high, they listen at you and they say, okay, that's, uh, that's also very important. That's, that's the ethical uh, aspect, but also the business aspect, uh, also in a yeah. hospital. Absolutely. And then when we look at it from organizational perspective, as we say, there's still a lot of work to do, still a lot of challenges to solve. So what remains the most uh, pressing challenge to solve as we move forward with GDPR and look forward? Uh, for me, the most challenging will be, um, do you really understand uh, what a risk assessment and what the risks are? Uh, in companies, uh, those days we were, uh, we learned how to manage risks uh, from an organizational perspective. Uh, but uh, do we understand that uh, managing risks in a, a GDPR um, perspective, that it's about the risk of the data subject? Um, so I think there is uh, uh, a lot of, uh, of or risk management is uh, misunderstood in practice. And I, I really think that we, we need uh, some awareness on that, uh, that uh, people need to understand that we uh, try to, um, yeah, to, to feel uh, like a, a data subject and to see whether or not uh, there will be an impact when you process data. Uh, and there you have your business opportunity and you have your data subject and the fact that you need to look at the data subject and to manage the risks of the data subject this is something uh, that i hope in the coming years that will grow a little bit the the understanding of what it is um, that's uh, for me that's a uh, uh, challenging tasks uh, that that uh, that we will have this is uh, for me unaddressed at uh, at the moment we um, we really need some methods to to manage that yeah, and I think it's a cultural thing. Traditionally, organizations were focused on themselves as business and the risk management was geared towards what the risk for us and they classified risk as financial risk, information risk and other risks. But now we are saying you have to look at the customer risk or the data subject risk. So it's a complete shift in philosophy. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And um, uh, at uh, the Data Protection Authority of Flanders, so the Vlaamse Toezicht Commissie, there, uh, sometimes we have an, uh, a data protection impact assessment and uh, then you see that they are going to use a, a foreign cloud environment and then we are asking questions and then they tell us, okay, but we accept the risks. That's not the right answer. You don't accept <laughs> that kind of risks. So the, the, the main question is in risk management, uh, you have to understand when it comes to GDPR, there are some risks that you can even take yeah, if it's about data subject uh, access rights or something like that, if they have that right, you really need to give them uh, and to, to, to the opportunity to execute that right. That's, that's not something that you can uh, take into account in a risk management. Of course, you, there, uh, it can go wrong and you can manage and you can try to, to study, can it go wrong? But in, in, in a sense, you need to execute this, uh, this, this right of the data subject. This is not something that you can measure and say, okay, in 80% of the cases, we will, uh, we, will, uh, we will do it right. That's not uh, what you can do with GDPR. 
No, I think we always say risk-based approach we should take, but we don't have quantification of risk defined as a standard practice. I mean, some of the regulated industries like banks or pharma, they have graded risk approaches and they can still, they're still far ahead. But in normal industries, the risk management approach itself is not there. Forget about a mature risk management. And that's a significant, significant challenge for everyone. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And then uh, if we shift from organizational to a regulator perspective or an authority perspective, how would you put the three years of GDPR? Uh, how do you see from an authority perspective? Actually the same. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that also there, there is a lot of uh, immaturity and uh, sometimes it's their fault, sometimes it's not. Um, uh, they do a good job, I think. Uh, they work very hard. Um, but uh, if you see, we, we have a lot of decisions in, in Belgium, uh, too many, I think, that uh, go to higher court. I, I, I'm not sure if I say it right in English, but to the market, Marktenhof in, in, uh, in Belgium. Yeah, that's, uh, that's too much. You, we, they really need to understand that they, when they take a decision, they need to explain this decision and why they took that, that kind of decision. Um, so we see this also in other countries that uh, a lot of fines are reduced or even uh, that uh, that the case is uh, um, yeah, that, that, that the higher court uh, um, throws away the case. So that's uh, also something about immaturity. And I think they will grow together with GDPR in this, uh, this maturity. Um, from, a, uh, um, from a data protection op uh, officer point of view, I think uh, the data protection authorities are not helping enough. As a data protection officer, we need help. Sometimes we need a discussion with the data protection authority. And uh, sometimes you get an answer and uh, sometimes you don't get an answer. And I don't understand the criteria that are there. Uh, when do I get an answer? When I, can I communicate with them? And when uh, will they not respond to my answer? Um, I, of course, this has uh, also uh, something to do with uh, with the financial side of uh, being a data protection authority. If I look at uh, the, the, the the small data protection authority in Flanders, uh, I, I have to uh, say there there is a lot of discussion if Flanders can have a data protection authority. But if you see um, uh, the people, uh, the, the work that that we need to do and the people that we have, that's, it's too much work to do. Actually, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, we don't have the resources that we need to do, really do our tasks. And in Belgium, it's a little bit a pity, and that's my personal uh, opinion, that there is today discussions about uh, can Flanders, for example, have his uh, data protection authority, yes or no. Um, and on the other side, you have the National Data Protection Authority, uh, the Gegevensbeschermingsautoriteit, who is uh, really uh, lacking resources. And then I think, okay, but let's, let's work together. Oh, of course, this is a, a political uh, issue there. I understand that uh, it's a pity that, uh, that it don't work uh, the way it should work because uh, we all need to protect uh, the data processing of, of, of you and, and of me and of all the people who are listening. That's, uh, that's what we want to, to do. Um, at the, what we do in, in the Vlaams Toezichtscommissie, so the, the Flemish Data Protection Authority, uh, we are really trying to support the organizations. Um, 
um, we, 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 we try to help them, but uh, because we know if we, we help them, if we be open to them, uh, accessible, then they will do it better. And that makes uh, a better job for us uh, afterwards because uh, the infringements are less uh, and, and so on. Yeah, I think I really appreciate that you being on both sides in the authority and also as a DPO asking the authority are able to put it so honestly and so transparently how you see things. And it's true because if you ask as a DPO some perspective, sometimes you get an answer, sometimes you're not. But the real challenge for me is not enough people asking as well. Of course, uh, that will create more workload for authorities, but still there's a lot of hesitancy amongst uh, organizations to ask an opinion. It's a second uh, thing if authority would give you an opinion that's also a challenge but quite a few people are still thinking let's keep it away let's avoid it if it's uh, not needed yeah i think uh, it's like the the policeman eh? uh, yeah. if you go to the policeman actually what we need to do uh, when you uh, look at the data breaches uh, we we are driving through the red lights and uh, we then afterwards we are calling the police and say hey we uh, we drive through the red light that's not a, a very not natural way of working and it's the same with uh, seeking advice uh, will you go to the data protection authority and ask them things then they know that you are doing a kind of processing um what is the trust boundary uh yeah. you know also at the um at the flemish data protection authority we got questions when uh, when we heard the dpo talking about uh, some kind of processing and after the uh, that you do an inspection can you do it can you, can't you do it these are also things that uh, from the perspective of the data protection authority you really need to think about all these aspects also um, how am I going to be open and how I am, uh, what, what uh, uh, is the relation with uh, doing inspections? Um, th this is a kind of governance. And uh, I, I think that um, a lot of data protection authorities are uh, still looking at that and uh, growing. This is the immaturity part that, that you really need to think about it and trying to derive some policies and sometimes it goes wrong and then you have to work on your policies and and uh, hope that it goes better the next time yeah i think people expect a lot and the challenge is whether it's authorities whether it's organizations or dpos we are all humans and we all have our limitations our concerns and we have to shift a huge huge uh, cultural cultural shift and then a perspective shift that we have to make and it will not be in two or three years it will take multiple years yeah, I agree. I agree with your opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where we sometimes are harsh on authorities saying they're not finding. And if they find, they say we, they're finding less. But we need to look at there are also staff issues. They, as GDPR is new for organizations, so it is for authorities. As GDPR is new for us, it's also for data subjects. They don't know. Because if it was the United States, we would have huge lawsuits and so on. But we are in Europe, and that's also a good part because we need to let it land. Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, I agree with that. So now looking at it from a consumer perspective, so data subjects. So in your view, what have been the wins that GDPR has delivered? I mean, I can personally vouch for it is an immensely powerful tool when you use it correctly as a data subject. Because I was in a hotel, 
they charged me after a few months when there was some confusion and they charged me one night extra. I called them and they say, no, you stayed it. So yes, I stayed it, but other company wants to pay me. The company didn't pay me, you charge me. And then they charge, and then no answer, no support. And then I just write one line. I like to exercise my right of GDPR and I need right to access. Why did you do it? Why did you keep my credit card information? And I now exercise right to deletion and I will exercise right to complain. Yeah. And in two hours, which was pending for two days, it got addressed. So it's a really powerful tool for consumers. But how do you see what wins has it delivered for consumers? It's really powerful indeed. Uh, I think there is also some kind of misuse of these powers. Uh, so yes. uh, what you see sometimes is that you don't like the organization because you don't like. And then you're trying, you're looking at the data protection and uh, you think, okay, I will uh, go that way. And uh, I will try to, to make it uh, very hard for them. Uh, I will uh, ask a lot of complex questions. And uh, if the company doesn't have, for example, data management in place, uh, it might be very uh, challenging to answer the, the data subject. So um, I think uh, also there we, we need to grow a little bit more. Uh, I'm sometimes, uh, for example, being a patient in, uh, in Belgium, um, am I sure that I will get the same right in the same hospital, for example? Uh, um, I'm not sure today. I think uh, GDPR is too much misunderstood. It's complex when you uh, reflect it to do um, healthcare because healthcare has some local laws also. And I think that's for every country, also for Belgium. Uh, so that makes it very complex. And I think uh, there is a lot of min misunderstanding. Uh, uh, sometimes I get a patient uh, who is very angry uh, and say, okay, I, wanna, I, I have the right to delete. No, you don't have the right to delete. It's your patient uh, records and uh, that you don't have really that right of the GDPR to delete everything in your patient record. It's, it's really an obligation of the hospital to have this kind of uh, records and, and the truth uh, is there and it's the truth of the, of the doctor, of the nurses that are treating you and they will uh, put down their evaluation of your health. And you don't have a lot of uh, rights. You have rights, of course, and it's well protected, of course. But um, I think there also there is a lot of work to do to explain it. And I think that's very hard. And uh, on the other hand, if, if you look, for example, at a, a privacy policy, uh, if I try to write a privacy policy for a hospital, I do it again, I do it again. And I do it again, but it's it it in the end it's 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 confusing. It's hard. Nobody understands. Uh, you can use a layered approach, and you can do a lot of things, but it stays very complex to explain to people how their data will be processed. Uh, for sure, in a hospital where there are a lot of processing activities going on, and where there is really a time pressure, because when the patient comes into the hospital, you don't have a lot of time to explain things. You need you you have like thirty seconds to and uh, subscribe the patient to the to the services and to tell him or her the way to the to the doctor. Uh, so there are a lot of challenges there. It gives a lot of, uh, of things. Of course, we have a, a lot of rights. But uh, to be honest, if I'm surfing over the internet and I see all these cookie walls going by, um, I'm I'm really not liking cookies. I think that's that. It has to be, uh, as you are DPO, you're trying to, 
to challenge a little bit the, the, the cookie wall and to see how it will react. And, and in the end, uh, I will always deny cookies just because I want to deny cookies. And uh, I often, it doesn't work. Uh, it, uh, it, it doesn't give me a right option to really deny the cookies. And, and it's just a simple example, but this is also in the, in the real life. So um, your question was, uh, will it, it, give us, uh, it gives it uh, a lot of protection to the, to the data subject? It does, and, uh, but we also there, we need some more maturity to, to get there. And I think we need some extra legislation also, and I hope it will uh, be there in Europe um, and it don't take too long. I'm, I'm talking about uh, e-privacy yeah. uh, regulation, for example, regulation about uh, artificial intelligence. GDPR is just a starting point. It's just the beginning of uh, something new where we need to regulate uh, IT, of course. Yeah, today everyone knows in 2012, it was quite, quite new, but uh, yeah, we really need uh, stronger regulations and, and, uh, and a, um, a global regulation uh, if possible. Yeah. Um, I think that would help because if EU passes legislation, each country passes legislation, then what the problem for the multinational companies or even for professionals is which legislation to become a master or an expert in. And what you need, like we had the OECD data protection rules or data protection guidance in 1980s. We need that kind of an approach rather than each country passing its own law and making our lives difficult. It's yeah. good for the business as a data protection expert, but it's not easy. No, it's not easy. And uh, also for the data subject uh, who will be uh, moving from one country to the other in just a few seconds. Uh, it's really important that they, they know that they are protected in the same way. And okay, I think we'll, we will get there and it will take uh, uh, some more years. And GDPR is a, is a, a huge change. It's, uh, it's really uh, making the difference. I think uh, it has very good elements in it. Uh, so I'm, I'm really a supporter of GDPR, uh, but in the execution, we need uh, some more maturity uh, experience. Uh, and that's, that's the role of the data protection officer. The role of the data protection officer is to be ahead of these uh, changes and to lead the organizations the, the, the companies, uh, the government to the next level. That's our role. We are actually, we are leaders in executing the, the GDPR. That's our role. And that's why I like to be, to be a data protection officer. That's a perfect uh, uh, move towards my next uh, question, which I was intending to ask you about privacy professionals especially the training and development, how do you see the evolution of privacy professionals from here on? Because last three to five years, we have had a surge in privacy professionals, but we also need more maturity and the role of privacy professional is a very complex one because the DPO is expected to be almost everything. It's more, I compare it to the role of CEO and somebody joked me saying, so I can become a CEO. I said, I did not mean that, but essentially it's so complex that you need an insight and oversight on everything. Mm -hmm. How do you see this evolution happening going forward? I think uh, for me, there are two uh, major elements uh, or uh, words that we should mention uh, to answer your question. Uh, and this is uh, coaching, being coached. I think the day that you, you, you sit there as a data protection officer and you think, 
I am the perfect data protection officer. That's the moment that you are wrong. We all, it's like you say, it's very complex. Um, it's, uh, and, and, and you need to be technical and, and, and uh, you have the legal part and you have the organizational part, you have the human part. There are so many dimensions that we have to manage. You will never be perfect in all these dimensions. So uh, coaching uh, is one and uh, uh, coaching and training, but uh, I, I really want to, to, to stress on coaching um, and uh, uh, building communities. Building communities because um, how can we learn? Uh, we learn from each other. We learn in a community. So uh, building communities and, and coaching and training, these are the, the, the most important aspects. Um, we uh, really need to understand that we need coaching yeah? for all the uh, all these years that we will be DPO, we will need coaching and uh, we will need uh, the communities to learn from each other. Uh, in Belgium, for example, we have, um, I can think of uh, three communities. Uh, we uh, at the Data Protection Institute, we have the um, uh, privacy cafes that we uh, organize normally but uh, um, of course we have uh, corona and it's uh, it's quite difficult to organize it now uh, we have dpo circle for example which is uh, also a very good community uh, where dpos uh, come together uh, we have dpo pro which sits in in belgium or um, uh, yeah, official um, uh, data protection officer uh, organization um, and, and of course, there are more than those three, but uh, we really need uh, these communities. They are very important for a data protection officer. Uh, I think uh, for Belgium, and I can only speak for Belgium, they're doing uh, all a great job. Uh, and I want to stimulate that. I think uh, we need as a data protection officer understand we what we do at Data Protection Institute is we have a five day training for becoming a data protection officer. And I know that an experienced data protection officer Sir, will tell me, Peter, five days. That's 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 not that's not enough to be a data protection officer. And they are right. And at the last day of our training, I come into the classroom and I ask the, the students, "Are you ready? Because this is your fifth day. Are you ready to be a data protection officer?" And they are all looking at me and they say, "No. Now we know what we need to do, but we we really have to be more experienced to do a good job." And that's true. That's true. So after your training of a data protection officer, you need to, to, um, yeah, to execute it. And, and the good thing is, and that's also what I tell them, the good thing is we see data processing everywhere. When you are in your house, you leave your house, you go to your car, you go to the, everywhere there is data processed from you. So you can always train yourself. But take care that when you, you train yourself, that you go back to the, to, to, the, to the real law of the GDPR and what it is telling, because we have a lot of interpretations going on. Yeah. People who are trying to, to standardize things and, and these are, uh, uh, data protection is very um, sensitive to the context. And the context is, is one of the most important words, perhaps, that's a, that's a better answer than immature, but, 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 but perhaps context is, is the most important word because if you're processing data uh, and you do it in another context, it might be a, a huge difference uh, compared to um, taking into account risks and, and, and things like that. 
Absolutely. I think I cannot overemphasize the fact that when you talk about coaching, it's not about hard skills on data protection. It's about ability to bounce off, ability to consult somebody because you don't want to be going to KPMG or Deloitte or the big four every time. You need somebody who's a sparring partner and every week or two weeks, you just share, this is my challenge. This is how I'm feeling. And there's an interesting story. I was talking to a chief privacy officer. So you, by this, you know already that it was a US company probably. <laughs> and they said, and I said, okay, I, I coach also. So, and they say, no, no, no. I don't want to be coached because then people will think I don't know. And I said, no, your CEO gets coaching. Roger Federer gets coaching, Rafael Nadal gets coaching, every Olympian gets a coaching. So that doesn't mean they don't know how to run or how to swim or how to play tennis. They know it, rather it's about helping you with insights, which you may be missing being in the heat of the moment. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And um, what we do in in, uh, in Belgium uh, we and in Flanders, um, uh, we we have a community of data, data protection officers uh, all working in the, in the hospitals. We know each other. Uh, we have a, we have a kind of a platform where we can exchange IDs and some uh, stuff like that. That's uh, really helping everyone. Uh, that's also so you have the the coaching like you explained, eh, the, which is also focusing on on other elements than uh, really the the GDPRs, the the, the law and and and, and the, the security measures. And and on the other hand, you have the platform where you can help each other, and you need both of them. That's true. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you that um, never forget uh, that 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 you're uh, yeah an advisor of the company. Yeah? This, uh, so indeed. And maybe now, if we look forward from GDPR and say pro- try to project three to five years, of course, we don't have a crystal ball. How do you see the privacy space evolving? So DPOs would evolve. There'll be more coaches, more training, more DPOs, and more perspective. But how do you see the privacy space evolving? So you, do you see the EU privacy, e-privacy regulation coming in or any other things coming in into this space? That's, uh, I hope so. We need it. And I think it will be there, uh, but uh, in one way or another. And will, yeah. the, uh, will it be a good text or not? That's, uh, that's the major question that everyone asks. So I think it will be there in... Uh, I hope uh, very soon. Uh, I think we will need to work, uh, as I said uh, in the beginning of this conversation, uh, we have immaturity. Actually, that means that we need uh, professionalization. That's uh, uh, quite important. And I, when I look at uh, the, the coming three to five years, I hope we, we will have some developments uh, in terms of certification and code of conduct. Yeah. Because this is what we don't see uh, today. We see too many uh, uh, certifications and code, code of conduct. These are very important because, again, if I'm a, a patient in a hospital, don't I need the, the, the same execution of the GDPR in one hospital than in the other? How can we achieve that? Uh, we need, we need some, some translation of the GDPR to that, that uh, sector. So I hope this, this uh, code of conduct that is what, where I'm dreaming of. Um, and I think uh, it might be very complex as I see it to the code of conduct today. Um, it, it's very complex to, to, to have a code of, code of conduct. You, you need to, to have your own uh, authority that looks, be, looks to your uh, code of conduct. That's very, very, very hard to achieve. 
I think that might be perhaps a mistake uh, because uh, who makes the code of conduct? These are the hospitals themselves, for example, in, uh, in the healthcare. But will they say, okay, and now we are going to, uh, to, um, uh, to, to have an authority that looks after our code of conduct that we pay uh, with our own money, uh, how we this, kind of, this, this, this stuff works. So a code of conduct uh, is a challenging task, but I think that might be an answer. And another answer is a certification. Uh, the fact that um, the, the data protection authority, the data subjects, the companies who are buying uh, services that they have an indication that this kind of products are in line with GDPR, uh, this is very important. Uh, people will, uh, will easily understand uh, what the difference is between a good and a bad product. When I walk into a hospital, I see a lot of machines and they are all certified, all certified, all kinds of certifications, but no certification on cybersecurity and data protection. And I hope that, uh, I think there the, the security um, certification is a little bit ahead. And I hope that we will see um, months from now, perhaps uh, one or two years from now, the cybersecurity certification really coming up. And together with that, the data protection certification, which we really need to, to professionalize. That's uh, my opinion. Very nice. So we have touched upon multiple dimensions from immaturity to context-based to need for coaching, need for training communities, and even the aspect of certification and code of conducts. But if I was to ask you one final message to our audiences, what one final message would you like to share? It will be in line with what we discussed. So it will be never stop learning and don't forget you're just an advisor as a data protection officer. So that's my key message. And I think uh, that's what I want to advise to everyone. Yeah. And I think since it's GDPR at three special, I would add one message saying it's just a start. It's just a start. Yeah. So thank you so much, Peter, for being with us. And if I may ask, somebody wants to contact you, what's the best way for them to get in touch, especially given that you are in the Data Protection Authority as well as a Data Protection Institute, which is well reputed and offers this GDPR training or DPO training and certificate. So how can somebody get in touch with you? Uh, so my, uh, they can contact me via the website of uh, Data Protection Institute, which is DP from dataprotection-institute.eu. Peter at dp-institute.eu. I will put it in the show notes. Okay, thank, thank you, you much. so much, Peter, for being with us. It was a pleasure and such an open conversation. I really appreciate it. So it's a pleasure on my side. Thank you very much. So this was the special episode of the Fit for Privacy podcast on occasion of GDPR at three. Of course, we also had a special episode last week wherein you heard GDPR in one word from different experts. And today we learned that privacy is context-based, context-sensitive and DPOs need a second perspective or coaching or guidance because the role is complex and never stop learning. Always keep learning. There's a start that is happening with GDPR and privacy would evolve, privacy would grow. And if you want to join a like-minded community in Privacy Coffee House, 
which is being launched first event is happening today evening may 25th at 6 pm 6 pm european time feel free to join the link for joining is http colon slash slash tiny.cc slash privacy coffee house so tiny is t-i-n-y and privacy coffee house all in small caps so i look forward to you joining the privacy coffee house stay safe stay blessed and look forward to you joining the privacy podcast the fit for privacy podcast next week till then stay safe stay blessed subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet write a review about fit for privacy podcast and share it with your friends and if you don't like it ignore it forget it thank you so much for listening today and stay safe